and uh, I'm excited what God is going to do. We've been in this new thing and talking about God's doing a new thing. We're, I, I keep saying it because we got to continue to remind ourselves that he is doing a new thing, that he's still new. His mercies are new every day, every moment. <coughs> God's up to something new. And, and yeah, we've used the 90s theme and, and had fun with that, but he's so good. And, and he, he's so faithful. I want to get into this scripture. I'm going to read it, and then we're going to dig in. Is that good? Are you ready? You leaning in? You ready to go? We ready? You ready? All right. It's the fourth quarter. We got, <laughs> we're going to get into this real quick, and I'm going to try my best to go through this um, and, and kind of come up at a different angle with some things. And I'm going to read this scripture, and he's doing something new, and we have to continue to challenge ourselves and our thinking and what we do uh, to fully understand how good was last Sunday, though, mind over matter and just talking about stuff. You know what I mean? Like, if you didn't get to hear it, please go back and listen to it. Thank you, the two people that enjoyed it. Uh, you know, you've got to go back and listen to it because I'm telling you, it, it's just real raw truth and real raw situations that cause us to try to mess this mind up and flood this mind and fog this mind to stop what God is trying to do. And whether it's in our physical health or whatever, or, or what we eat or, or, or what we spiritually put into the soul, um, God wants to do something incredible. Mark 2. Everybody say Mark. Mark 2. Uh, thank you. Um, Mark 2, verse 1. And again, he entered Capernaum. Jesus entered Capernaum after some days. And it was heard that he was in the house. How many know Jesus is in the house today? It was heard that he is in the house. And if the house isn't getting filled up, have they heard? Are you telling? Look what God is doing at Remnant Church. Look what God is doing. Get to church. They heard he was in the house. Who's in the house? JC, tell me who's. 90 stuff. Okay. Jesus Christ. Immediately, they gathered together. They heard, they gathered. Immediately, they gathered together so that. There was no longer room to receive them. That's a lot of people heard. Not even near the door. So you're talking all in here, all out there, all at the door. How am I getting in here? He preached the word to them. Somebody say amen. Preach it, preacher. He preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And they could not come in near him because the crowd. They uncovered the roof. They uncovered the roof where he was. So when they broke through, this is some determined people. When they broke through this roof, they let him, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. I wish I was there. When Jesus saw their faith, somebody said their faith. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are 
forgiven. So, and some of the scribes were sitting there reasoning in their hearts. Bad lip reading. Um, why does this man speak blaspheming like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Bobby Boucher, blah, blah, blah. He won the Super Bowl, blah, 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 blah. But immediately when Jesus perceived, thought, perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, arise, take up your bed, and walk? <laughs> but that you may know that the Son of Man has the power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up his bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. We saw some stuff, but we've never seen anything like this. Amazed at what God was doing. God's up to something. I want to go ahead and just get right into the title of this. The title of this sermon is called Bedhead. Now, if you don't know what bedhead is, um, it's those moments when you're just sleeping so long and you wallowing in that bed so long that your hair starts getting natted up and, you, you know, anybody ever had bedhead or your kids have bedhead and you're trying to pull it out and like, my goodness. Anybody wake up looking like a cockatoo, you know, like just jacked up with some bedhead? Because you've laid so long in your bed and it's, your hair's buck wild. If we all just came to church just straight out of bed with some bad head, it would be crazy. Um, am I the only one that's experienced bad head? Now, if you don't have any hair, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, but bad head is for people with hair. Um, but... It, it, it is a crazy thing because you lay so much, you waller so much, you're trying to get comfortable so much, and then your hair gets, and it's all buck wild, and you are just got bedhead. And what God's trying to do is he's trying to do something with this head. He's trying to do something in this head. But are we just laying in bed too long? Hmm. There's been times I've got hurt. We've talked about it last week a little bit. I've hurt my back. There's times I've hurt my shoulder. My back's been probably the worst one. <coughs> and then there's, <coughs> there's times I've needed some assistance because I'm hurting and I can't move very well and I have to have somebody help me get around. Have you ever been like that where like they're literally helping you sit down and they're helping you do all those kind of things? You just need the assistance to get around because you can't do it on your own at the time. And whatever the case is, and here's the thing, only I know, hear me out, only I know the pain. Only I know the pain tolerance I have and what I can handle. And only I know if I'm truly getting better inside myself. If I allow someone to help me when I don't need it, it's going to cause problems. 
Because when you get help that you don't need, it stunts you. It stunts your growth. It's, it stunts you from moving forward. It's debilitating. I want you to see that basically that systems can be put in place at one stage of your life that are helpful at one point and can become detrimental at a different point of your life. Because if you allow people to help you do what you can do yourself, their love will stop you and limit you and cause you to be dysfunctional. When they're trying to help you, when you can help yourself, it can seize you up and cause you to be dysfunctional because you're not doing it for yourself. In the text, in this, in this Mark chapter 2, we're dealing with, with Jesus, and the Bible says Jesus um, has come to Capernaum. So the first thing I want to do real quick into this is I want to get into Capernaum because Capernaum and the relationship he had with Capernaum, this is the place that became his headquarters. There's a lot of stories about him. This is the place he worked from. He was born in Bethlehem, and he uh, set up in Capernaum. And you'll see in the Gospels over and over again uh, a reference of Capernaum because Capernaum was the place Jesus performed miracles after miracles after miracles after miracles. He showed himself strong in Capernaum. He showed himself uh, relevant. He showed himself being powerful, being, being the, the son of God, being able to do the miracles and, and stand before the people and see the best in them. He showed himself there. And he always came back to Capernaum. I want to start with that, with this bedhead thing, with that because, with the relationship with Capernaum because he poured out so much into this city and became basically the leader at this, a, a spiritual leader in this city. And after all the miracles, after he has done all that he has done in this city, Capernaum saw them and still did not believe. He ended up cursing Capernaum because he, as a spiritual head, has come into Capernaum and invested so much and seen so little. There's nothing worse than investing a whole lot and seeing so little. He has come as a spiritual head and a spiritual leader to perform miracles in Capernaum, and they let him do it. They let him do miracle after miracle, but they were so religious and so self-righteous that they couldn't receive what he had. Sometimes religious people are the most dangerous people to lead because they have so much criteria that you have to stand up to before they will receive anything you got to say. They have so much, all this stuff going on before they can even get to it. Some religious people are so hard to reach. See, they love all the principles, but they don't love the prince. 
They love the principles, but when it comes to who he is, they don't love it. They don't love him. And Jesus had to struggle with all the religious notions and such because Jesus was radical. Jesus was out of the box. And he didn't fit into their idea of what a Messiah, Messiah ought to look like. He was out of the box. So the religious snobby noses were all perked up thinking it's something else. This ain't him. They tried him and they rejected him. Choosing to hold on to the image of God, rather the reality of God. Man. They walked away from the reality and held on to the image, missing the moment and ended up being cursed. It doesn't look like that's God, so it can't be God. I, the reason I want you to understand this real quick, is this good, church? We, we're going to get in? Okay. The reason I want you to understand this is, because I was going to do it anyway, um, is Jesus' relationship with Capernaum uh, is because I think it's so ironic that in that same city that he was rejected as, the, uh, as leadership, as the leader, then we're studying about a man who's a paralytic in the same city. A man that's, that's there is a paralytic. So I want to move from basically the relationship that Jesus has with Capernaum to the individual in Capernaum who is a paralytic. When the Bible says that he was sick or the paralytic needed help, the problem we have at times is like there was a paralytic that needed Jesus and trying to get to Jesus with his four friends. The problem we have is basically what happens is that you focus on the fact that his body does not move. He's a paralytic. But I want you to think deeper, church. I know we can go deeper. Our minds will take us deeper than what, you know, like I said about Stephen, like you can live, you're only limited yourself of how much you want to go. How deep do you want to go? You know what I mean? Our minds can take, just go deeper than the fact that his body doesn't move. Your body can't move, can't be moving right now. Some of your parts of your body right now as you're sitting there sleeping. Um, <laughs> playing. Everybody's looking around. Was that me? Um, yeah, if you just woke up. Good morning, bedhead. Uh, but some of your body that might not be moving right now doesn't mean you're paralyzed. Hear me, church. It doesn't mean you're paralyzed. It's not the fact that his body didn't move. It's the fact that his body didn't obey his head. I think that is the great, basically the great takeaway from this whole thing. This, this point. And that is the point of uh, basically the joint thought together that between the relationship with Jesus and Capernaum and the man's physical condition. Because he's paral paralytic only because his head isn't sending a signal his body doesn't respond to. His head is sending a signal to his body that's not responding at all. And the man is then physically what the city was spiritually. The man is physically 
the, the city's having trouble to connect the mind to the body to understand that the king is among us and he's right here to do something great, that God is still good, that he's doing a new thing, that there is hope. It's not connecting well. He's got bad head. You'll get it. That's what the city is dealing with spiritually. Because Jesus is the head sending the signal to the city that don't respond to the head. And the paralytic man is the physical picture of the paralytic city that rejects the signal from the head. Let's dig a little deeper. You got your shovels ready? Into the paralytic man's relationship. Let's just dig a little bit. Into his relationship with the body. Because here lies the problem. His head is saying something that his body will not do. What is going on in our minds? How many times have you made decisions that you didn't keep? How many times has your head said some stuff that you didn't follow through? How many times have you made a vow that you broke? How many times have you, has your head said something that didn't reflect your body? How many times have you prayed and, and, and in prayer and made a covenant with God that you went out and broke it anyway? That you said you wouldn't do it again and you find yourself turning around doing the exact same thing. The mind's saying something but the body's not responding to it. Or made a promise to yourself and broke it. Or made a promise to your wife and broke it. Or made a promise to your kids and broke it. How many times has your head said something that your body did not act out? My goodness, that's good. So good, I'm coming for you. Just sit tight. Woo! If you can relate to that, then maybe you're the man on the bed. Just maybe. The man who, the man could probably not be on the bed if everything was working, if the mind and the body connected and he wouldn't be on the bed. What systems have you put in place for the things that don't work right? These systems and structures are, are things that we, we do to compensate for the things we don't that don't work. There's all kinds of things that people build into their lives to compensate for the inabilities and, and compromise over and over and compensate and compromise over and over. Or you go overboard trying to distract you from the fact that I'm really not good. I'll razzle-dazzle you with this, but because I don't want you to see the other, I'm not much. I'll hit you up with this. I'll talk a big game, but I'll still live my life like this. Because something here is not connecting to here. I'm laying too long in the bed, and I got bed head now. These are little beds we lie down in. If we lie too long in, we start to get bedhead because now our thoughts and our patterns are stuck in the bed that we've made. You can act like you act like it all you want, but when you see bedhead, you see bedhead. Fix your dang hair. Look like a dang cockatoo. <laughs> Old movie. But you notice it. 
You can live how you want, but we make beds for it. Little systems we put in place. Little systems around our lives covering. Never confronting what's wrong. Never confronting the problem at hand. I'm preaching. Man, I'm preaching better than you're shouting. I'm just telling you right now. Never confronting it. We're making a bed for it. We don't confront what's wrong. The problem is, is we don't confront what's wrong. We basically coddle what's wrong. We don't confront it, we comfort it. We don't confront it, let's comfort it. Let's just lay down and make a bed for it. We make a bed for it. We'll make an excuse for it. We have a list of rules. Not to challenge any of our limitations. So we're not growing, there's nothing wrong with his head There's something wrong with his body. His body is not responding to what his head is saying. In order to survive, we make these systems to compensate for the weaknesses and our our willingness. And all of a sudden, we make these, these compromises and we find ourselves laying in the bed that we have built around us to compensate what really doesn't work. So I'm going to compensate for that, so I'll make a bed for it and just lay in it. We won't confront the issue in the house. We'll make a bed for it. We won't confront the situation that we're dealing with. We'll make a bed for it and have bedhead and just keep on running these things through our minds over and over. We won't, we won't confront what's really going on. We'll make a bed for it and just make it like it's a compromise. But, you know, they're just this, and he, he's this, that, or she's just that. We're making a bed for the situation. Let something connect. We'll make a bed for it. We won't face the challenges of being a better father or being a better mother or being a better business person or handling your money better. We'll do whatever. We, we won't face the challenges of being a good steward of our own finances. We'll just make a bed for it and give it an excuse. Now we're laying in it in that bed head and we're all having conversation about it wondering what went wrong when you made a bed for it. What went wrong? You know, if they would have, 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 if they would have. You made a bed. Your head's wallowing in it and your mind's all messed up in it. You got bed head. We make a bed for it. We make a bed for all kinds of things that don't work out. If it don't work out, might as well just make a bed for it. Oh, it's not working out. Lay down. We make an allowance for it. Oh, we'll make a bed for it. Well, I don't want to have a husband, but I'll just have an uncle sleep over all the time. We'll make a bed for it. <sighs> that, that one's a weird one, huh? Well, I don't want to be that, but I'll have somebody else come over and stay all the time. I'll make a bed for it. We make a bed for it. How many beds have you made for the things you won't confront? 
Let me say it again. How many beds have you made for the things you won't confront? You got mansions. Look at them. I got 15 bedrooms. Yeah, you do. How many things are we, how many beds? Well, I got bunk beds on bunk beds on bunk beds. We stacking beds for the things we won't confront. And most of the time, the, the confrontation that you need is the one in the mirror. If you got bed head, get up. How many beds have you made for the way you've handled money? Well, I just can't afford it. I can't do that. I can't do that. How many beds have you made for where you are in your life and in your career for the souls you have won? How many beds have you made? Man, I'm just telling you, if you if, is it always somebody else or is it you? I just can't hold a job, man. They're this, they're that. You've made beds at every place you've ever went. Who is that fault? It's always everybody else's problem? You've made a bed at every location because they found you out. <laughs> Who's in this closet? What are you doing here? Get up. Quit making a bed for the way you work. Quit making a bed for the way you find it. Quit making a bed for the way you think, for the things you lack. Quit making a bed. Quit making a bed for it. Well, I, I haven't really won anybody to Christ. I've made a bed for it because my bed that I lie in is because I just don't know what to say. I can't talk to people. And you waller in and you're like, mm, mm, uh, here's Pastor uh, Don's number. <laughs> here's somebody else's number. Just come to church, which is great. I'm glad people come to church, but do you realize that you can lead somebody to Christ yourself? Get out of bed. If you're never out of bed, you're never going to do anything. We make a bed for it, <coughs> for the souls. But because we, we make a bed, we make so many excuses. And here's the problem. Because, we, because they know your temper better than they know your Jesus, you still come to church and get your shout in. You don't feel convicted because you made a bed in it. Now, that's a sad deal if, if your friends and everybody around you knows your temper more than they know your Jesus because you're comfortable making a bed for your situation. Whew. Woo, that's good stuff. Anytime you make a bed for it, you get comfortable. And it incapacitates you. And you never change, and it never challenges yourself to do anything more to who you are. You make a bed for it. And maybe you're here and you're like, I'm, I'm starting to recognize that I've, I've probably got a couple beds that I've made. Maybe you're here and you're like, I'm recognizing there's some, some beds I've made. And th that's in my life. You make a bed for it. You, you, you got bed head. Until the mind is fixed in Christ, it's only going to be fixed on the bed. It, it says fix your gaze on, on things above. If, if it's just fixed on your situation, it's always going to just, it's just going to be that. It won't fix on Christ, who's the author and the finisher of your faith, who causes you to stand up and get up and get going in your life. We get bedhead because we lay in it too long. 
and we wallow in it, and, we're, and we feel like we're no good, and then we lay so long that we believe a lie that God doesn't want to use us and that our life's not worth living for. And so the, then all these statistics start rising around, around the country because people keep making beds for things. They need to get up. You would be so much further if you would grasp what God, the, if you would grasp the God of the church you go to rather than the church of the God you worship. I need to say that again because I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that you, have, you got to wake up on that one. You would be so much further if you would grasp the God of the church you go to rather than the church of the God you worship. Man. People do better about grasping the church than they do grasping the God. They put their whole faith and hope in church. And please know that church will fail you. Church is full of people. It's not going to save you. I've said it many times. I've said it in the past. Just because you go to church doesn't make you a Christian. And just because you go to Taco Bell doesn't make you a taco. Which tacos sound really good right now. You've got to grasp who he is. If you grasp the concept and don't just come to church, but you're worshiping this living Savior, this Jesus, the Son of the living, if you worship him, he will challenge every limitation in your life. And you can go past every one of your limitations. But too many times we make a bed for it. We get so comfortable in that bed that we got to have a pillow we got to have a blankie. You know what I'm talking about. When you go sit on your couch or your chair, you got certain things you want right there. Got to have that certain thing. Got to make sure it's sitting by this. We want these things spiritually because we don't want to get up. I'd rather cuddle this situation than get up and, and let God challenge my limitations and go past my limitations so I can grow. I don't want to grow. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. Man, growing up's not fun. <laughs> Welcome to the world. There's no way you could hear this word today, church. There's no way you can hear this word today and go back home and get in the same bed you still get in. There's no way you can hear this word and still continue to argue and fight and, and, and bicker and fuss and cuss and complain and be the same person you used to be. There's no way you can hear the word that God is trying to say and continue to live the same way. Why are you not changing? It's because you made a bed for it. How can you come to church and worship and raise your hands and have a good time and go home and be hellish and spiteful. It's because you made a bed for it. How could you say this at one point and come in a gathering with people and get in a car and act a fool? It's because you made a bed for it. And, and, and it's sad because this stuff happens all the time that the kids don't even know uh, mom and dad are Christians. <laughs> How could this be possible? How can they take communion and, and get baptized and get slain in the spirit and do all this stuff and their life never be altered? Get all these moments and have this 
connection with God and never alter their life fully is because they made a bed for it. Oh, that was a good moment. If that was a good moment, your moment should take you to the next moment. We should go from glory to glory. We should start growing spiritually in our faith, but we get stunned because we're afraid of letting go, letting God direct us. And so we make a bed for it, and if I can just lay down in this bed, I won't have to do anything. And here's this man is disconnected from the city. And, and, and probably the city was disconnected from him because he was paralyzed. He, he didn't have leprosy, but if he had any kind of dysfunction, they didn't want nothing to do with it because it wasn't holy. And that's what I love about Jesus because he walks up into every dysfunctional situation and changes the atmosphere and sets it free. But the same God who lived is living in you, and you can walk into the situation, but you won't because you made a bed. Get out of bed and walk in it. That's what he wants from us. Let's just be 100% honest. Found out those two AC units were going down. Uh, I'm going down. Now, God, well, hold on. I'm, I'm, this is praying. No, you're making a bed. Quit acting like you're praying. <laughs> and what do you do? You just start walking. Your word says, your word says, your word says, your word says, you said, I'm putting you to it, you said, or I can make, oh, it's just never going to, oh, it's, it's always just going to be a pro, oh, oh, and we make a bed and then all of a sudden our life becomes that, and if you've done that in the past, here's the problem you face now. Look, be careful because you might have stained hands. Because your children's blood's on, on your hands. You've made a bed and you wonder why old, old boy and old girl's acting a fool and living a way they live because how many times have you made a bed and they're the only copy in your structure? Something's got to give. And where, where do we start? We start with us. We start with accepting it. Yep, there's a bed there. There's a bed there. You guys don't know about the bed back here. There's a good one back here, and ain't nobody see it. Exposing the beds so you can get up and walk. Don't you want to be healed? Okay, I got to get going. We have till the Super Bowl, don't we? Awesome. Um, I, I, I would say this is, we're dealing with, with situations. He's disconnected. He's disconnected from his body. He made a bed for it. He's lying in it. And everything in his life is present but not connected. How many things in your life are present but not connected? Hear me. How many things in your life are present but not connected? We have a bed. It's present but we're laying in it, but we're not connected. The mind's here, but the body's not moving. You ever had this moment, and this has happened to me a couple times. I'm laying in bed because we know now that nobody buys alarm clocks because our phones are all that now. And, and so that just stays next to you, and it could be a good thing or a bad thing because if you're fidgety and you can't sleep, what do we try to do? Light bright, light bright. We've got glow worms in our hand. 
And I thought, honestly, I, I, I plugged my phone. I, I did because, you know, some of these cases, they, they dig in and you plug it in. So I plugged my phone in. I connected it. And I woke up in the morning and it was at 2%. 2%? How am I going to live today? And my daughter's got this new fancy phone that she paid for. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Um, so it's got this, like, extra speedy, chargey thing. Supercharge, and it charges it within like so many minutes. But I thought that I, I plugged it in, and I had put it on there, but I thought I pushed it in deep enough, but it didn't. The next morning, it was jacked up. I, hear me, church. I had everything to have the power. I had everything. I had all the ingredients. I had everything to have power. It was present, but it wasn't connected. This is not a man that doesn't have a body. He has everything there. It's present, but it's not connected. You'll be surprised by the things that look better on the outside than they are on the inside. They're present, but they're not connected. You'll be surprised by the people who who sleep in the same bed. Both of them live there. Both of them sleeping together. They're present, but they're not connected. You'll be surprised. I hear a lot of talk about people who didn't have a dad. But let me tell you something. There are people who did have a dad. They were present, but not connected. There's dads that are present, but not fully connected. You can smile in the camera. You can take a good picture. You can celebrate what you're celebrating. You can talk about how long, how many years you've been together. Everybody's clapping. Everybody's commenting online. Yeah, you're present, but you're not connected. Looks good on that, that, that screen, don't it? You'll be surprised how many women have babies and wear the title of mother, and the kids know mom lives in the house. She's present but not connected. She's too busy trying to get her groove back. She's too busy doing her. I just got to get me. I just got to get me in order so the kids get neglected. She's present, but she's not connected. Oh, I'm busy with my career. I'm busy trying to do this. She doesn't understand that there's more to being a mama than just pushing out babies. It's a full-time job. Oh, I said it. I represent it. It's right here. If you need it, it's right here. Wow, it's a full-time job. It's just not having sex and just doing whatever. It, it is being a mother. Let me go a little deeper. We got to get going so you can get the, you know, you know where you got to go. I, I'll go a little deeper because we get a statement every year. All of us do. It's tax time. And how much money you made and you don't know where it went. <laughs> Where'd all this money go that I made? Uh, you know they're not lying. You see it. You made the money. It was present, but it wasn't connected. Anytime you need anything you need to function, but if things don't function in that place, 
You need something to function, but if it doesn't function in that place, it becomes dysfunctional. I might as well have just put the phone, just threw it on the counter and not done anything. It was present, but it wasn't connected. The fact that it's present and not connected means that the phone is losing power. Not because it's not present, but because it's not connected. And you wonder sometimes where you are in your walk with Christ. I feel like I'm just depleted. I feel like I'm just this. I get these moments and God moves in the service and man, the worship's so powerful. I got this, oh man, I probably got like, I probably got like 32%, man, and God's moving and you're present, but you're not connected to the power. Because if you're connected to the power, you'll continue to keep growing and moving outside the walls of the church. And you wonder why you're depleted and getting back into a depression and getting back into this anxiety and getting back into the doctor's office and getting on this medicine and getting on this situation because you're present, but you're not connected. And that's the only way you're going to connect. I'm present. Well, I'm present. No, you made a bed for it. You justified it again. You've lived your entire life jumping from hoop to hoop and, and, and selling a lie to somebody. But let me tell you something. God sees right through you. Get up. Out of bed. I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't know if it's in this room, online. I don't know. But we make a bed for too many things. I wonder how much richer, fuller, stronger, vibrant your life would be if you would just plug up and really connect. If you would just connect to where you are right now, if you would fully connect, if you would just connect in the roles that you have and the people you say you love in your life and that you want to live, if you would fully connect in the place that you expect to be, if you fully connected, if you are not connected, guess what? You're paralyzed. If you truly aren't connected, you're paralyzed. If this isn't a flow constantly and you, you struggle just to read the word because you just can't find time, you're paralyzed. I'll take it a step further. If you ain't getting connected in church, you're paralyzed. Oh, I'm coming for you. Woo! Whoa! See, that's what has this man jacked up. Uh. It's jacked up. you got to get connected. If you were connected with the roles that you have, you would see a huge change in your life. If you were connected, you wouldn't be paralyzed. And when you're not connected, you're dysfunctional. If you're not connected, maybe that's why you're not respected. Because you can't be respected if you're not connected. Get out of bed. Get out of your mind. Get that bed head taken care of. Wake up. His mercies are new every day. Get out of bed. And maybe that's why the man is laying in bed for so long. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Maybe some of you can agree with this. Beds are comfortable. Some. Okay, I'll say it like this. My bed's comfortable. <laughs> I don't know about your bed because I ain't laying in it. 
But I tell you, for my bed, this, uh, ever laid in a bed that just feels like clouds and it's just cozy and it sinks you in just enough? Some people like laying on the hard, my bed's got to be rough. It's got to be tough. Relax. I need a sleep number. 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 Well, you need the ab exercise. <laughs> you got wife and husband. <laughs> what kind of relationship's that? <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> but my bed is comfortable. I'm, I'm not playing. I'm, I'm, I'm going to brag on that thing. It's old, but I put like a four-inch topper on that thing. I think it fell from heaven and landed right there on my bed. And it's got a, like the comfort, oh, man, it's cozy. It's soft. Um, but it, here's what I, what I find out. It, it, it is comfortable. And um, my life, my, my life, it is my life, my wife. Um, <laughs> my wife, she loves getting cozy in bed. There's this, um, there's this new thing that you build. It's not a Trump wall. It's a gin wall. Uh, gin wall. <laughs> Where she's going to have certain pillows that lay certain ways on the legs and, and certain ones that go. And she's got a blankie and a blanket and a heating pad and, a, and a, another blanket. Here's dad. Watch your mouth. Here's, here's my lover. I have to get, if I was ever going to get close to you, I'd have to get that sledgehammer out, girl, to climb over. You know what I mean? We married. Um, but it's comfortable. Isn't it cozy, though? Don't lie. You know it is. She t- and why do we have 50 pillows when we don't sleep with them? Why do they just look good and we spend 15 minutes setting them up in 15 minutes? And here's her big reasoning. Don't complain about what you don't do. Okay, I don't deal with the pillows. But I was just wondering why. You know, like, why are they there? Because we take them off and put them on this, this thing. And they just, they look nice. Moving on. Um, but here's the thing. I, I don't know about you. You reach a point that you've laid too long in your bed. Anybody ever felt that? You start get, feeling numb in certain areas. Lord knows if you go to the hospital, they're just laying in bed. There's just no, no way around it. You're in bed. But when you're at home in bed and you know you, even though you don't feel good or you're just cozy and all that, I don't care if you're watching a good movie or you're on the binge watch on whatever you're watching, there comes a point where you're just like, I got to get up. I, I can't lay in this bed any longer. I don't know what I'm doing. Where are you going? I have no idea. I'm just moving around. I just got to walk somewhere. Where are you going? I have no idea. I can't lay in this bed any longer. Where are you going? <laughs> I'll stand and watch it. <laughs> But the thing is, it comes a point when you lay in your bed too long that you've got to get up. There's no way you can continue to lay that long. How many people want out of their bed? That's the question. I want to get out why I still can, why I still can move. I don't want to be rolling if I can't. I don't want to. Be pushed if I don't have to be. I don't want to somebody else be fluffing my pillows. If I still have the chance, I'm going to be getting up as long as I'm breathing. I need to get up. Some of you are just thinking, like, what are you talking about? Like, you want that to come on and sneak up on you, I think. 
Like if I got to be laying in bed because of situations, then let that just sneak up on my life. But I can't just be laying in bed just to be laying in bed. But too many times we just lay. And, and too many times we become dysfunctional because we make a bed for the things that we don't want to really deal with. And then we try to get the people we love so dear. Oh, come here. Let's cuddle. <laughs> come sit by me. And, and, and next thing you know, we have dysfunctional families and friends and, and relationships because everybody's making a bed around your situation. I, and I, this is what's mind-blowing to me. We have to function. Somebody say function. We have to function. It's time to function. I, can I say it like this? I, I, I know we got to go. Listen. Don't sign up for more than you're willing to plug into. Please, I beg you. Don't take a title you're not willing to do. Don't be a wife if you're not going to be married. Don't be a mama if you're not going to be a mama. Don't get married if you're not going to be a husband. Don't sign up and then be paralyzed. Don't take on a business if you're not going to work on it. See, we like these ideas of things. Don't take a job if you're not going to do the job. Don't volunteer for stuff if you're not going to show up. I'm just, people too many times are, are saying, oh, yeah, I can do things. Oh, yeah, I can do. Don't volunteer for stuff that you're not going to show up. We don't need paralyzed people taking up space. God has telling you today to function. In every area. Every area. Function. Whatever you sign up. Function. Whatever job you're doing. Function. He's calling you to function. Don't just take a title. Function in it. Whatever it is. Say, I got this weird pet peeve. And I got clothes on it. I, I got this weird pet peeve with, with, with people calling themselves ministers and have no churches, calling themselves pastors or apostles and have no ministry, calling themselves evangelists and have no gifts. And trying to wear a title and not function in the title they have. If you're going to take the title, do the job or sit down. That's the reality of it. That's the thing in, in all areas. How many would think that would be a really awesome idea at any job in this city? If you're going to do it, do the job or sit down. But we, we do this at times in ourselves. We don't think we can function. Oh, this is going on. This is going You can function. Quit trying to say, oh, yeah, I got this. To make yourself look good when you're dragging your bed with you to get to the location of your volunteering services. Let go of the bed and function because your function might just set you up for something even greater God wants to do. If you're going to serve, serve. If you're going to greet, greet somebody. Smile at somebody. If you're going to host, host the room. 
If you're going to do it, do it. If you're going to serve in kids, then serve in kids and raise up a generation. If you're going to do it, do it. If you're going to give, then give without hesitation, without questioning, without your bed, without your blankie, without your pillow. If you're going to give, then give. If you're going to help, then do something about it. I'm sick to death of people perpetrating that they are something that they are not demonstrating. Plug up or sit down. That's the reality across the board. Do something. If you're not, quit saying you are and you're halfway doing it. Quit over, over trying to say you're going to do something and overproducing. Too many times people do this. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then they barely produce anything. Talk a big game. It goes both ways. I guess it depends on you, and it depends on your leadership. It depends on if, oh, wow, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, come on, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, yeah. You know what that is? You just want to fill a position. What is the Spirit of God saying? Do something. Move something. You've got to get out of your bed. You've got to get out of your head. You got to get out of this situation. It's time to get rid of the bedhead. It's time that you get up and get going. The mindless thinking's got to stop. The faithless thinking has got to go. It's time to take the mind of Christ and get up and quit making a bed for your situation and get up and know who can control the situation. And it's Him. It is Him. Oh, Jesus. Oh. I got, I'm stopping. I got to stop. Don't even come up. You got to come back next week. <laughs> I promise. I'm stopping. I'm not even going to finish it. I can't. God's doing something. I'm going to finish this second part of Bedhead next week. Woo, and it's good. My gosh. God's trying to tell you something. Trying to tell us all something. I, I told you Tuesday, I about made a bed. Hey, stand with me. Get up out of your bed real quick. <laughs> Listen, we serve a God that can do great things. Do we believe it? Do we believe God is a God that can do great things and new things? We do, right? Then if that's the case, then we have to live it. Let your life be proof of it. I believe it, I'll represent it. We make a bed for every situation that we deal with. Now, you heard me tell this whole story. I didn't even finish going through this story. I stopped at the paralyzed man and his mind not connecting to his body. We ain't even got going to where he's going. We ain't even got into what's about to happen. We ain't even got into the second half of this whole thing. And that's fine. Because, look, I'm going to preach the gospel. If you're here next week, you're going to hear it. If you're not, you're going to miss it. That's just what it is. And you can watch it online. That's cool. But don't make a bed because it's an excuse for you not to come to the house of the Lord. Because we should not forsake the gathering. I get people can't watch it sometimes because they really can't come sometimes. But I'm saying if you have the opportunity to get your stuff together and get up and go to church, then go to church and rally with people and under the name of Jesus. That's what he's called us to do. So if that's the case, then get here and be like on the edge of your seat. What else is about to be said with this bad head? So I can't wait to hear the other half of this. I can't wait to engage. 
I'm going to continue to finish this, but I'm going to leave you with this. You need to, in yourself, figure out, what beds do I have? What have I made a bed for? The excuses. Why am I not functioning? Why is it? Why am I present but not connected? Why am I present in this room and not connected? Here? Why am I present and not connected in the house? If that's the case. What, what pulls me back from not being connected? Let's just be honest. What pulls me back from not serving? What pulls me back from not uh, investing into this next generation back here and these kids? What stops me from opening up? Why can't the pastor open up those two other rooms? What can I do to help him change that? Why does eight babies have to sit in the sanctuary when they have 15 rooms back there and they could be back there? Why, why can't they go back there? What can I do to change it? Am I, am I present but not connected? How can I balance this out? These are things. Listen, don't get me wrong. I'm not upset that there's children in this room. But I know that for a fact they have a purpose and there's a direction and they have their own setting to worship and get developed and grow and mature and continue to go. And we see it happening. We've seen, I've seen it with my own eyes with my own children going from elementary into the junior high and, you know, going there is, if you've not even been back there, there's a lot of cool spaces back there for the kids. We even got like sensory things and all kinds of stuff back there for them. But why is it present but not connected? So that's the stuff we got to think about when we leave. What am I doing? Do I lay with my spouse? Am I present but not connected to them? Am I present with my children but not connected to them? Am I present at church but not connected? Am I present at work but not connected to it? Am I just getting by or am I doing my best because you're praying for a promotion but you ain't doing the work to get the promotion? You're praying for a breakthrough but you ain't even lifting nothing up to break through something. But we're all excited about a breakthrough, but guess what's on the other side of a breakthrough? A battle. The walls fail. Guess what they had to do? Invade. Oh, I want a breakthrough. Oh, breakthrough, breakthrough. Are you, are you strong enough to break through? Because there's two sides to a breakthrough. Get ready to run through the wall. Get ready to pull your sword out and fight. We declare war. Are you willing? Are you? And if not, maybe you're happy to camp out with your little kumbaya with your sleeping bags around. This is just my family. This is just who we are. Don't judge me. This is, this is me. This is me doing me. I'm sorry, but the church has to move. Let's go. Get up. And, and it's enough to just, I made a bed for it. Daniel, I'm proud of you, buddy. You, you, you had a bed, and, and it's just an unfortunate bed, but you've made yourself available to get up out of your bed to literally come here and worship the Lord. Like if I, oh, I can't get into it. Mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. Next week. But too many times we take the bed with us, and we, we, we make it, and we lay, and we're like, this is going to be comfortable. But you got to get up. Get up and go. I, I tell you, when he's like telling him to take up his mat and walk, I think two things are happening there. Mm, I can't go deep. Um, but, but I think some of it is the fact that he, he did it on a day that people were upset. Like, why are you working? You're carrying this. I guarantee this man didn't just like, you know, I'm going to keep this mat. You know, I'm going to hang it on the wall. I'm going to make it a shrine now. He's probably like, whoo, <laughs> 
Oh, you know how long I've been wanting to jump? You know how long I've been wanting to run? And God's got something in store for us. We just got to get our beds up and go. We've all had them. Just move your bed so we can use you. You're like, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm, it's not about age. Got to get out of here. Because he's wanting to use you. He's wanting to transform you. He's wanting to, you to do things you've never done before. We don't need no more bedhead and just wallowing in the bed of compromise and convenience because it feels good. I hope this was good today. I am not done with it, I promise. <sighs> okay, I'm going to pray. I'm going to get out of here. Man, he's good. God, it's us again. <laughs> thank you for your word. God, thank you for these disciples so many years and years ago that are writing down your mysteries and that we're reading them. God, I love you, and you're, you're so amazing. You are not ever just taking moments and just trying to make it so, like, predictable. You just, you, you defy religious standpoints, and you change the atmosphere. God, forgive us. If we've made beds for things, we, we need to get up, and we've, we've not even advanced because we have chose to just drag a bed with us. God, I pray you touch us and, and, and challenge us this week, as, and even today, or even talking amongst our own families. Have we been making beds for this? Have we been making excuses for this kid? This kid needs to get up out of this house. <laughs> Whatever the case is, let us, in a good way, talk amongst ourselves and see the things that we've made beds for, and let us throw these beds to the side and know that we can walk because every step is ordered by you, God. We walk by faith, not by sight. We put away the bed. We put away the comfort. And we put you on because you're doing a new thing, God. Thank you for this house and these people. And one more time, God, thank you for that, that blessing we received this week. Man, it, I, even if I was even tempted to take a knee, I jumped. I leaped. So exciting. I pray you bless the people. Let us put away our beds. And we thank you for what you're going to do. And God, give... Give me more insight and wisdom for the second half because I know what I have wrote down, but if you want to mix it up or add to it, whatever you got to do, it's yours anyway. Have your way, God. We love you and we're thankful in Jesus' name. Amen. Go Chiefs.